Hello, Internet, and welcome to another kind of episode of the Untold Talks of Spider-Man. Episode 2, therefore issue 2, a volume 2 of Web of Spider-Man. If you want the lowdown or the pricing breakdown for this, please check out episode 1. But for now, I'm just going to be moving on talking about episode 2. Now, this one is by cover supposed to be about Electro. So the first story is Gauntlet Origins Electro with Fred Van Lente as writer, Barry Kitson as artist, Jeremy Cox as colorist, and Joe Caramanga as letter. Uh, and they're quick to note that there's some panels from Amazing Spider-Man 9, the first appearance of Electro from Leon Ditko. And so what's kind of telling about this issue right from the jump is that this story is 11 pages versus the 18 pages of the Kane story that we got in the last one. So this is a tighter sort of thing. But yeah, on the very first page are those panels we were talking about with the Ditko stuff that just is like the brief intro, the kind of like um, bit by a radioactive spider, finding out with great power comes great responsibility of Spider-Man equivalent to Electro, which is this dude got hit by electricity and gained power. <laughs> but very much in an untold or kind of chapter one, year one fashion, we're getting a flashback in the story to right around that period. What we find is that Max is setting up this heist where um, on a bridge, he stops this Stark truck that's moving transistors. And we find out pretty quickly a number of these heists have been happening. So he's been stealing a lot of transistors, trying to amass a lot of power, literally electric power, uh, for this plot he has. You know, n not too much. And in the unfolding of it, we find out that there's an equation that's mathematically sound that's about Max trying to hit this point of this dielectric breakdown. I had no idea what that meant because I am no electrician. So let's take a moment and learn together. The dielectric breakdown is a failure of an insulating material to withstand an applied electrical stress or electrical field. It can be complete as in a spark breakdown or partial as in a corona or a series of partial discharges, so sparking. The dielectric breakdown occurs when the electrical field becomes high enough to cause some portion of dielectric to abruptly switch from being an electrical insulator to a partial conductor. And then this can also occur along the interface between two dielectrics inside a single one, or it can occur abruptly across the surface through the dielectric 
so on. So basically, when, once you hit this point, the insulation breaks down. The idea, I guess, here is he amasses enough power so that he can project it out from himself. I believe that's what we're going for here. This this is insinuated that we should know how this complicated electrical theory is going to match to the pseudoscience slash magic of the Marvel universe. Uh, but there you go. So, hey, we all learned a little something, right? And as Max is conducting this experiment, he he has a moment and he sees this like green blur and lets out a blast uh which is funny because during this experiment you know in dc there's a number of things with the flash doing kind of this weird stuff around a experiment like this but here it's quicksilver in his old green long johns and evil brotherhood days which really kind of took me back um that early spider-man and early X-Men didn't have a lot of crossover, not that they really ever do, but it was just interesting to see this early phase kind of intersect taken away. I never thought of it before. Here's Electro with Magneto, the Scarlet Witch, and Quicksilver all of a sudden. Magneto comes and presents himself to Electro, expecting a certain amount of clapback, but I mean, as the master of magnetism, he's able to handle Electro pretty mightily with all this electrical equipment around and strings them up, basically. In a weird way, in this moment, Magneto is Electro's kind of Ezekiel, where Max tells Magneto about, you know, how he was zapped with electrical powers, and so, he, you know, he gained this ability. And Magneto's saying, that's preposterous, surely you can't believe that. It's what happened, to which Magneto follows up with, no, I believe you were hit by lightning. But the lightning could have hit anyone else. It probably would have killed anyone else. But for you, it awoke a power inside you. Maybe you're not a full mutant, but there's some dormant ability awoken from inside you that now, you know, you're going to become one of us. Whether or not you are actually a mutant or not, that's how they will perceive you. I've talked about it before in an earlier episode, but I love this idea because in the Marvel Universe, you know, I have, you have all these mutants running around, but then you have these other superpowered people. But why the average public doesn't just assume any one of these are a mutant has always been kind of beyond me. They don't know their secret origin or any of that. It's some, you know, person running around with powers in a funny costume. Why wouldn't you associate it with the most logical answer that's already this minority population? So that's inherent here i really appreciated that electro you know blasts himself free of these restraints putting off slurs and calling these people off you know you, you darn dirty muties that sort of thing and magneto basically sums up max dylan in the tightest way possible xavier will take no notice of him nor will anyone else i imagine so much power inside such a little little man which peeves Max off, and so he takes it out on the next guy he sees, which is where our story ends. I, I don't know, I, I don't think I've seen such a perfect summation of Electro. And that's what we've seen in this web of so far, is these great little summations of these characters in these tight little stories that just add more to their universe and kind of the greater universe around. But again, we're not touching Spider-Man. I'm, I'm digging it. 
the second story, which is nine pages, so even just slightly shorter than this one, is... Get ready for this title. His Honor, Mayor J. Jonah Jameson in the Irritable J. Jonah Jameson. So now we have a nice adjective for JJ. Um, this one is done by Tom Pierre, who I was unfamiliar with. Apparently he's pretty well known for his run on Our Man, which uh, was in the 1990s. But he was also uh, the assistant editor on Neil Gaiman's Sandman. So someone of some note, but I just honestly was unfamiliar. Anyways, he writes a great JJ. So this story to just... You just kind of have to run through it, I believe, so that's what we're going to do. JJ is mayor at this point, as the title implies, and this kid has kidnapped his limo driver and is posing as the limo driver to get access to JJ and bring him back to his place. So we see JJ awaken in this room that is covered with Daily Bugle editorials and headlines all about how Spider-Man's a menace. And this kid says, you know, we're going to take Spider-Man down and shows JJ this glove from the Beatle, um, from one variation of the Beatle, where he had this sucker hand. And in the process of this, we have these great little panels of JJ just looking frightened and confused. And then all of a sudden, JJ, we find out very quickly, fakes a heart attack. He does this to catch the kid off guard breaks out of the chair, grabs this glove, uses it to pull a portion of the brick wall off behind him, and smack this kid around. <laughs> it's interesting because this kid's talking about how they're going to work together and how they're going to take care of this, and JJ gives this charming, perfectly in-character speech to the kid saying, you know, I've worked my entire life in journalism, building up my paper from nothing. <laughs> Got it, right. And he says, I've been mayor and I just gave a press conference earlier this morning and that's how long it took for me to start hating journalists. But what you kid have just done is remind me who I am, remind me of my own ideas, which I think I need from time to time. And so we get, end up on the last page. Uh, we find out this kid's name is Emil Nason, but JJ's calling him Arnold. He's putting him under one of the staff, you know, saying this kid's going to be a gopher or something. And ends with, this kid thought he kidnapped me, but it's the other way around. And it's this weird kind of like playful, fun version wrapped in narcissism. I just love it. It's not the deepest story, but you know, it's less than a 10 pager. But it's so perfectly in character. It's fun. Again, it's building this universe with these great characters in a way that we wouldn't necessarily get to see if we didn't get to have this time separated. So this series is continuing to deliver on what I like. Uh, these are fun little asides, so definitely worth taking the time to read. And I will be back soon with issue three.